into a right relationship with Jesus. You, you enter into this relationship with him that takes you to the Father and he gives you his spirit in his life and he begins to change stuff. He begins to forgive the stuff that's back there. He begins to deal with the stuff that back, that's back there. There's gonna be times where we're staring dead straight to the unknown, staring dead straight into the darkness, staring dead straight into what we cannot see, but I wanna set you free right now and let you know that's where Jesus is the strongest. Jesus isn't just, you know, part of the journey. He is the journey. It's just not something that you carry along. He is the one who's carrying you. Metro! How we doing? Great to be with you today. Hey, I am Pastor Kevin. I'm the campus pastor at Taylor, and I am so glad you are here. And, and listen, we have been in the Unseries, and, and it, hasn't this been fun? Hasn't this been so good? Come on, come on, come on. So, uh, so we started the Unseries last year. Crazy, we can, we can make that joke. We, it's been, we've been in it for over a year, since last year. Pastor Jeremy started us in the Unseries, and if anyone remembers, the very first Un was Undo. You know, because in 2018, there were certain things that happened in our lives that, that we wanna undo. So we gotta do things differently in 2019. And then Pastor Evan, our generation pastor, that guy killed it. He talked about, he, he, he did amazing. Uh, pastor Evan uh, talked about stepping out into the unknown because to, uh, to be a Christian, to follow Christ, means that you gotta do uncomfortable things and you gotta step into the unknown when you don't know what's gonna happen. That's what it looks like. And then Pastor DJ, our Riverview campus pastor, he again just killed it, oh my goodness. Uh, pastor DJ talked about being unstuck because sometimes life just gets you stuck, right? You feel like you're at a dead end job, feel like you're just stuck where you are in life and that nothing's happening for you, nothing's going your way, get unstuck. And then last week, can we talk about last week for a moment? Pastor Jeremy, oh my goodness. I promise that guy says more profound things on accident than I do on purpose. Last week, we were talking about how we are unashamed of the gospel because we are not ashamed of who Christ is and what he has called us to live out. So listen, today, we are finishing up this series. No pressure, we just had all these killer messages. No pressure on me or anything. Uh, but today's Un is Unleashed. And so if you are taking notes in a big capital, capitalized, put your caps lock on, right, Unleashed, Unleashed on there. If you're not taking notes, don't worry, us pastors definitely do judge you later, but that's important for you. That's important for you. We, are, we work hard on a sermon, but sure, don't take notes. Uh, before we completely dive into Unleashed though, listen, we are gonna pray. We're gonna ready our hearts because I believe that God has something for us today. So let's pray, let's pray. Father, we come before you and we believe that you are here and that you are gonna speak to our hearts. If you haven't already, you are already here. And Lord, we love you. And we wanna give this, this day to you. We wanna give all of this to you because you are here with us. So Lord, I just pray that you would move in great ways, in incredible ways. And so it's in your name we pray, amen. That's right, that's right. So uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna start off and I wanna do something a little risky. I know you shouldn't start a sermon off like that because people get discouraged easily, but I wanna do something a little risky because Metro, we are a church that takes next steps with God. We talk about this all the time. Whether you're new to the faith or questioning faith or you are really solid in your faith, we are a Next Steps church. Well, this message is a little bit differently because I wanna talk to those of you in the room who call yourself a Christian. You specifically, if Jesus is the one you are following, if you are trying to model your life after him, if your faith is placed in Jesus, I wanna talk to you. And so if you're not a Christian, I think you're still in the right place. I think you're still in the right place. I think you're still in a great place. So welcome if you are. 
because I think you're gonna see an interesting side of our faith that you haven't seen before. And so I'm really excited to share with you and talk about the power of God being unleashed in your life, Christians. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Okay, all right. Because I certainly believe that God has great purpose for you. I think God has great purpose for you. And, and I wanna start in, in Matthew five because Jesus is painting a picture and it's a big picture for us because so many of us, we get, we get lost in the details and the smallness of things and the smallness of things that we forget why we do what we do. We forget the purpose of what we do because there are some of you, you're a teacher and you're teaching math, but you do so much more than teach kids math. You have greater purpose. And Jesus is, is reminding us of that and in Matthew 5, verse 14, Matthew 5, verse 14, uh, if, I was, uh, if I was a good pastor, I would have my, my passage already marked. So as I flip there, as I flip there, look to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Look to your neighbor, say, are you ready? Okay, now look over to your other neighbor, your second choice. <laughs> say, no offense, no offense, no offense, but this is for you. But this is for you. You ready? This is for you. Okay. Matthew 5, verse, four, uh, verse 14. Jesus says, words in red, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. That's huge. That's incredible. Yes, you, stay-at-home mom, you are the light of the world. Yes, you, mechanic, you are the light of the world. The factory worker, you are the light of the world. This is our call. This is big picture. Jesus is telling us our big purpose. He's reminding us that, that God moves in the supernormal that God moves in the supernormal. Even if we get lost in looking for him in only the supernatural, God moves in the supernormal. He's saying, listen, you are the light. You are the light of the world. Remember this, remember this. You are the light of the world. He continues, uh, you are a city on a hill and you cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so if you remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Evan, who, who did a killer job, he turned the lights out on us to prove a point. Do you remember that? Remember that? Uh, he, he turned the lights on, out, out on us to prove a point. And then like a week later, Pastor DJ shows up and he opens us in prayer and he kind of deceived us because by the time he said amen, the auditorium was filled with fog and he was telling a story with it. Well, listen, I'm just like them. I'm a little extra, so I need some help. I need a little bit of help to preach this to you. And so, uh, gentlemen, uh, let's go ahead and bring my prop out. Uh, come on, come on out. Uh, hey, give our stage managers a round of applause. They work so hard behind the scenes. Come on out, gentlemen. Uh, now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are already thinking. Pastor Kevin, you're, you're not much of a pastor if you just have a couch, you know? At least, at least Pastor Evan was cool. At least Pastor DJ, like, like you know, uh, it hurt my eyes, but at least it was something cool. You brought a couch, bro. Well, listen, I'm from Kentucky. We don't, we were simple people. We don't need much. We barely have beds there. So a couch, a couch will do for me today, okay? So, so grab, grasp, grasp with me this crazy theological thought. This is a couch. Stick with me. It, it gets complex. What do you sit on a couch with? What? It's church, I know, but you can say the B word. Your what? Your butt. You can sit on it with your butt. Oh, this sermon is already changing lives. I feel the spirit. Come on, band, let's close. I can feel it right here, right now. So allow me to reframe what Jesus is telling us. He, he, he's telling us something very, very important. He's saying, you are the light of the world. You have a job to do. 
Stop sitting around on your butt and watching everyone else do all the work. Stop wasting your life. Stop sitting on your butt. Your calling is not to sit around, but it's to get up and be active because Christianity is a full contact sport. There is no bench to sit on. Get up. Get up off your butt. Be a light in the world. And so I think so many of us, we get caught up in the small things. We get caught up in something that doesn't even matter. We forget what's most important. We forget the point of why we are here in church even. Because sometimes we get so lost in church, we get so lost in music, we get so lost in worship that we forget why we are here. Our purpose is to be light. That is our purpose, to be a light to the broken, not to ourselves. Because the gospel, the gospel that we are unashamed of The gospel that we are unashamed of is supposed to be given to other people who don't have it. That is our role. Love God, love people, share that love. That's it. That is it. But we sit on our butts, right? Does anyone anyone recognize the old church phrase, the Great Commission? Hands up, hands up. Hands up, Video Campus, come on. I know you're on video today, but you are still church, and so we need you you participating. Hands up. If you've heard of the Great Commission, have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? Okay, keep those hands up. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Okay, if you've heard of the Great Commission, awesome. If I were to bring this mic to you right now, Jordan, if I were to bring this mic to you right now, she's freaking out. She's like, no, please don't. But if I were to do it, theoretically, if I were to bring this mic to you, how many of you could actually quote the Great Commission? Ooh, I see hands go down. Oh, I see hands go down. Well, listen, they have a survey for everything these days. And so uh, I think in the fall of 2017, The graphic should pop up for you. Uh, This is crazy. 51% of churchgoers claim they have never heard the Great Commission. 51%. Christians, this is our calling. This is it, the Great Commission. And I'm gonna read it to you. I lost my Bible somewhere up here. Let's get my Bible back. The Great Commission is found in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Man, I, I hear you all taking notes and it makes me so happy. Thank you. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, it says, uh, picking up in verse 16, this is the very end, the very last paragraph in the gospel of Matthew. This is, this is the most important thing that Jesus said to us before he left. Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Christians, that's it. That's it, that's a great commission. You are no longer in the 51%. You are no longer there. This is it, this, this is our calling. Be light, go share your faith, go make a difference. And yet some of us settle and we come to church and this is it. This is the extent of our faith. We come to church or, or hey, we, we, we hear that, but we know that's your job, right? That's your job, that's your job, pastor. No, Jesus didn't qualify the statement by saying, pastors, please go do this. He said, if you are a Christian, if you follow me, if you are my disciple, you will go do this. It is your calling to go do this. Because this stage is not more important than those seats because God uses all of us. And so listen, we like an encouraging sermon. It makes us feel good. Oh, thank you so much, pastor. That was, so, that was such a blessing. But with the same, the same mouth that we say that's such a blessing is, is cursing the alarm going off on Monday morning. 
And so on Monday, we go back to our same old perspective, the same old complaints, the same old headaches, the same old sucky attitude, and we have the life-changing message of God's gospel in our hearts, and it stays there. That's not okay. We pack it away like it's an old suitcase. Christians, something has to change. We gotta be excited after a message. We gotta actually be moving. We actually gotta be talking about this afterward. It's as simple because we are being used to change the lives of others. We are the hands and feet. And so church, we have a unique calling. We have a, a unique direction, but sometimes we're so caught up in how we look. Sometimes we're so caught up in, in how we act. Sometimes we're so caught up in what other people think of us that we forget that we are to live unashamed of the gospel because the gospel should motivate us. It should change us. It should compel us. If you aren't sharing the gospel, you probably don't believe the gospel because you can't go and make disciples if all of your friends look like you, think like you, talk like you, vote like you, and do everything just like you. You cannot go make disciples of other Christians. We are to go into the darkness. We are to go into the light. We are to share this good news because your calling from God is not supposed to make you comfortable. Your calling from God is to love atheists. Your calling from God is to love people that hurt you, to bless those enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. That is your calling, Christian. That's where, that is our calling because this world is desperate for what we have. And so let me tell you this, this story. We're gonna open our Bible for a third time, I know. Like we're getting so churchy up in here. Pastor Jay's gonna have my head. Luke 19, Luke 19. Luke 19, you, you've probably heard this story if you've uh, grown up in church. Uh, don't worry, we're gonna catch you up. Luke 19, verse one. He being Jesus, he entered Jericho and he was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He wasn't just rich. He did some pretty sketchy stuff, some pretty awful things. People hated him. We won't get into all that. Verse three, it says, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they, because there's always a they, they all grumbled. He's gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So heads up, pastors like to give you three points and a pat on the back. You're getting three butts and a kick in the rear because we have work to do. We're getting off our butts today and that starts right here, right now. Because if I'm honest, if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm tired of doing funerals for young people who had drug problems. I'm tired of chronic poverty right here in the Downriver area. I'm tired of people lost and going to hell, but we just come to church to feel good. Church, we gotta get up off our butts and do something that actually matters because we sit back and we let the world just pass by. We're so hesitant to give away the best news in the world. So now I'm not talking about your literal butts. I'm also talking about those excuses that we give because we, we say this all the time. Well, you know, we're driving and we see someone on the side of the road and we think, you know, I'd help, but you know, I, I got a van full of kids. 
I got an appointment, I got things to do, but I, I'll throw up a prayer to the big guy. Or, or, or we say, or we, we see something, you know, a, a great cause, and we think, you know, money's tight. I dropped that 20 in that bucket this weekend at church, and money's so tight, as we type on our iPad, and, and we think, you know, money's tight, so I'll just share that link. That's just the same. Come on, people don't get fed through a share. People don't get in contact with Jesus through a like. Like, like Jesus wants us to actually get this into our hearts and our souls because we sit on our butts too often and we don't sacrifice. Or, or even this, even this, I wish we would overturn those laws on abortion. I wish we would do that, but I don't have time to go to the Pregnancy Help Center and volunteer. I don't have time to foster and open up my home. I don't have time to adopt any kids. I don't have time to actually make a difference. So I'll post it on Facebook. I'll get a pat on the back from those 20 likes of the same people who do the same thing every single day, but we don't see anything happen in the lives of those who are far from God. This is wrong. Stop with the excuses because we have been unleashed on this world to change the world with the radical love of the life-changing gospel. That is our calling, Christians. And so I don't want you to leave church today talking about a moment either. Oh, uh, that moment in worship was so great. That word was for me. Or, or a moment in the sermon, that was so good. Honestly, by the way, the sermon's going, you're probably not gonna say that. Or, or the moment that I didn't like, you know, like, like we get so fixated on the moment, but we don't realize Jesus didn't come to start a moment. He came to start a movement and it involves you today, right now. But here is the first excuse we give God. But God, God, listen, I would do all these nice things, Pastor Kevin's saying, but God, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, God, you don't understand. Christians, we have a tendency of confusing a busy life for a holy life. We need to repent. We need to come back and say, God, I'm sorry. I say I'm busy and I'm not. You have time to stop. You have time to slow down. You have time to be interrupted. What do you think Jesus was? Come on, guys, if anyone was busy, it's Jesus. Jesus was a busy guy. But at this point in the story with Zacchaeus, he's passing through Jericho. He had things to do. He had people to see. He had appointments to make. I'm sure his assistant was out with the iPad saying, sir, you're already five minutes late. You gotta keep moving. But Jesus sees someone up in a tree. And he says, no, my day stops right now. Jesus made time for interruptions because he knew his mission. He was sold out to that mission completely. Listen here, church. We are equally surrounded by divine opportunities to love people and distracting opportunities to pass them on by and ignore them all the same. In a given day, what steals your attention? What steals your joy? Oh, work is so stressful. Home is so stressful. Finances are so stressful. This is so stressful. All these things, I'm just so busy. I don't think we're busy. I think we're easily distracted. I think we're easily distracted. I cannot tell you how many times the Van Horn Allen train has attempted to steal my joy and, and completely change the trajectory of my day. I think Satan fell from heaven and he built that godforsaken railroad to get in my way. It's like they know it. It's like they bring that last car and you're like, finally relief. And what does it do, people? It stops. And what does it do? It reverses. I've been late so many times. I don't think, I don't think we're busy. I think we're easily distracted. I think we're easily distracted because when I read the Bible, I see so many people who are out minding their own business and then God came in and interrupted their day and changed their lives radically. It changed everything because God interrupted the moment. 
I mean, we all know the story of David and Goliath, right? And so we think like David, the hero, he took down Goliath. Like, that's so amazing. That's so great. But think with me for a moment. The morning before David took out Goliath, the morning before, what was David doing? Was he practicing that shot? You know, was he praying that morning? God, I know this is going on. Use me today. Let me take someone out. No, I'm not kidding. David was preparing lunch for his brothers. He was delivery boy. That's all he was. That's all he was. But David shows up and his day gets interrupted because he's trying to deliver lunch, but Goliath got in the way. Something so small, something so insignificant, something super normal. And some of us have that same job. We're just a delivery boy. We just wear McDonald's. We just flip burgers. We just are this. We just are that. We just are this and the super normal. But God interrupts the super normal and he brings in the supernatural. Because, because I heard an old country pastor put it this way. I've never forgotten it. An old country pastor once said, he said, you want to talk about David, put yourself in David's position. Put yourself in David's position for a moment. Because did David see a Goliath that was too big to beat? Or did he see a Goliath that was too big to miss? Because there are so many of us in this room right here, right now, we are looking at the, at the Goliath in our lives. We're looking at all the debt and we think there's no way I can overcome something so big. I'm telling you right now, with love in your heart, you can do anything. With the gospel affected your life, you can do anything. You can turn around, you will face that giant and you can take it down. You, you sit in here right now. You sit in here right now even, and you think I got the porn problem, but, but as long as I just keep it to myself, it's no big deal. Listen, get someone who will hold you accountable, turn around and take that giant down because that giant must fall. Or so many of us, so many Americans especially, we're stuck at the dead end job. We're stuck in the dead end job. And we think like, it's never ending and I can't face another week. Monday's coming and I'm not ready for it. Turn around, face that giant, take it down. He's too big to miss. But God, I'm so busy, I don't have time. No, you're just distracted. All David had was love in his heart. That's all he had and he was ready. I mean, you wanna talk about distractions. True story, true story. Uh, a couple of days before Christmas, we're up here and we are getting ready for Christmas Eve service. And, and that was so much fun, by the way. That was so much fun. Um, but we're getting ready for it. And, and, and so I, I get this Facebook message, which I'm pretty bad at responding to anyway, but this one, you know, caught my attention. So I opened it and I start reading it. I'm like, oh, wow, what a bummer. Someone messaged me to tell me of all the ways I disappointed them that year. I know the things some people say to their pastors, like, it's just incredible. So, so naturally I'm like, hey, Kels, can I ruin your day? You wanna see this? And so I show my wife and, and, and she gets livid. She's ready to strangle someone, you know? Like, like my wife is fierce. She is a lioness. You do not mess with her family. She is mama bear and she will come after you. And so she was ready to drive over to where this person lived. She said, give me their phone number. I'm gonna call them right now. I'm gonna do this right now. And she was ready to fight. And I just kind of shrugged. I was like, oh, I mean, and she said, what's wrong with you? Why are you more upset about this? And I said, I don't care for the opinions of small-minded people and neither should you. Because so many of us, so many of us are caught up in things that don't matter. So many of us are winning battles we have no business fighting. It's a Facebook comment, who cares? There's no life change in that. Who cares that that person said that to you? I'm sorry, that doesn't matter because just a couple of weeks ago, we have a chalkboard in our kitchen 
And so on it, I wrote, my wife and I just can kind of continue this conversation. And on this chalkboard, I wrote, and this was something that just God was showing me. On this chalkboard, I wrote, this family is too busy slaying giants to care what people think of us. You think you got haters? Come on, distraction. You think you got real problems? Distraction. Because if we fail to recognize the difference between a giant worth slaying and a distraction worth dismissing, the enemy will keep us busy for so long that we miss out on the divine interruption of God in our lives, moving us toward him. We have to be people who are ready to be used by God today. In this world, we gotta get up off our butt. We gotta do this thing. Here comes the next excuse. So, so I got rid of your, your busy excuse, but here's your next one. I already know what you're thinking, but God, I'm not qualified. I'm no pastor. I don't have the Bible memorized. I mean, the last time I was in Bible school, like it was in the summer and I was 10. You know, you church people get that one. But let's look back. Look back on verse five for a second. Verse five, it says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down because I'm coming to your house. Because when Jesus encountered Zacchaeus, he didn't qualify what he said with who he was. He didn't say, hey, I got the degree. So you should come down and meet me. Hey, here's all my credentials. Hey, I am the son of God. You should come down. He didn't boast about those things. He saw someone far from God and he met with him. It's that simple. God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. And if you are a Christian, you are called because that's not about you. But God, God, come on, I'm a broke college student. God, I'm a stay-at-home parent. God, come on, I'm a carpenter. Listen, Jesus was a carpenter. It was his title, but he was always Messiah. You are a barista, sometimes you are always a Christian. You are a mechanic, sometimes you are always a Christian. Jesus had one title, but didn't define him because he knew who he was. You are a walking revival. When Jesus says go, don't say but, say where? Where, where am I going to next? Because you walk around the grocery store and you are surrounded by addicts. They are waiting to be set free. You take your kids to the park. And there, there are so many lost people waiting to be found there. You go to a restaurant and your waiter has a terrible attitude and they keep screwing up your order over and over and over and over. Instead of losing it on them and getting angry with them, just like the rest of the world would, what if you actually stopped them and said, hey, what's going on? Hey, could I pray for you? And then you tip them and you blow their mind because you are here to make changes and ripples in the world and to live differently, not like them. Jesus said, go be light, so go be light. Jesus said, go be light, so go be love. And it doesn't have to be overtly spiritual. It doesn't have to be some big thing. Listen, some of you know, sadly, I still play Pokemon Go. <laughs> Listen, let me back up. I don't just play Pokemon Go. I kill it on Pokemon Go. That's what I do. <laughs> Level 40, baby. But anyway, anyway. So, so not to get into all the nuances of the stupid game that I, I do spend a little too much time on, um, repenting right now in Jesus' name. Um, but, but to take down certain Pokemon and to catch them, you gotta get like 20 people and then you sit in a lobby for a few minutes before you can completely dive in. And so you got time to just talk. Don't be like me. Don't, just, it's so sad, it's so sad. Don't be like me. Don't, don't get obsessed over stupid stuff. But you got time to talk. And so people are just talking. They're like, hey, Rev Kev, what do you do? And I'm just like, really? You're gonna ask me? And you know my name is Rev Kev? Like in the game, what do you think I do, man? Um, 
So I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor actually. And hey, um, I, I remember this one time in particular. Uh, so, so, so I say, hey, I'm a pastor and um, I, I don't wanna make this weird or anything, but I just wanna invite you to church. We got a, we got a great church. Amen, we got a great church. We got a great church and we play like loud modern music and it's a lot of fun. So you should like come, I, you can sit with me. And the guy said, you won't believe. He said, you know what? I, I will. I feel far from God. I don't have a church. Can I come sit with you? I said, absolutely, you can come sit with me. Absolutely, you can come be with me. There was no stage. There was no band. There was no lights, just the super normal because God met the supernormal and he, and he met it with the supernatural because so many of us are, are, are chasing the supernatural saying, God, give me the light to show me the person and I will meet with them. But God is saying, no, no, you got it all backwards. Be a walking revival. I said, go. I said, go. So go, live it out. Bear that fruit, set this world on fire. Don't get discouraged when it doesn't happen instantly. Sometimes you get shot down right away, right? You invite someone to church. Oh, no, I'm good. You get shot down. Don't get, distract, don't, get, don't get distracted easily because God is working constantly. That's, that's who he is. That's what he does. And so, and so this is what God does in our lives. So don't get discouraged so easily because we look at great people. We look at former presidents. We look at revolutionaries and we think I could never do that. They had opportunity I never had. This happened in their life and I could never do that. No, these were people who actually showed up every day in the supernormal, but they were ready to do something about it. They were ready to make life change happen that day in the supernormal. You are surrounded by supernormal. You are surrounded by super average. You are surrounded by super monotony. And God is saying, move, I'll meet you there. I'll make it supernatural. Just be willing to talk, be willing to move. Do it, just do it, be the light. That's what he calls us. That's how he calls us. So what if tomorrow, what if tomorrow you woke up and you, and you chose to be kind to every person, no matter what, I'm gonna be kind. What if tomorrow you woke up and you said, I'm gonna choose to bless somebody. What if you woke up tomorrow and you said, I'm gonna reach out to someone who changed my life. What if you reached out tomorrow and you did something super normal and you watched how God met you in that super normal because that's how the world gets changed. That's what God does because we have incredible purpose. We have a calling. And, and Metro, look around for a minute because this is a, a great church. This is an amazing church, but you know how it started. This church started with super average people showing up in the super normal and they were asking God to meet them with the supernatural and it started small. In fact, we have a little clip. Go ahead and show this uh, first clip. It's, it's amazing. The, Metro, this is how we started. We started, this was before Metro. This is a youth group. This is us. Don't judge the shirt that the pastor's wearing. Front row over here is already judging mine. It's totally cool. Um, but this is where we started. This is what happened when, when super average people showed up in the super normal and they expected God to move in the supernatural. Because then a few years later, a few years later, go ahead and show the next one. We got a little house. It's called Flat Rock High School, baby. This, this, is, this is what God was doing. He slowly was moving us. He was slowly doing things differently in our lives. And now team, bring these lights up. Bring these lights up. Look around people. Look around at what God has done. We have room to grow. We have things to change. This is incredible because, because people are just super average and we're, and we're asking God to meet us in our super normal and to do something supernatural. And so that's what we are to do.
Now here's your last excuse. I'm gonna dismiss it right now. Here's your last excuse. Here's your last one. But God, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. Ugh, what if it's awkward? What if it's weird? I don't wanna be the weird guy. What if I say the wrong thing? What if, what if I sound dumb? What if I look stupid? What if they make fun of me? You know what the heart of all of those excuses are? Me, 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 me. What other people think of me, 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 me. Get this. In verse seven of the story we read with Zacchaeus. In verse seven, it says, and when they, I said, there's always a they. I said, there's always a they. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. They, there's always a they. You know, my wife and I had a, a great date night last week. It was so much fun. Um, it's not because the movie was incredible or the food was out of this world. It's, it's honestly because like we went to Anytime Fitness and we worked out together and it was just like so cool um, because then we just got like smoothies afterward and, and it was just like really, really awesome. We had a great talk and I loved, I loved it because I mean, I love her. She's incredible. Um, husbands, husbands, take notes. Uh, sometimes all your wife wants out of you is a good attitude and a willingness to talk. Doesn't have to be crazy. So that was free. So, so we're at the gym and I asked Kels to, to come over. I'm working with some free weights and, and not that I know much about free weights. You can look at me and tell he doesn't know much about free weights. But what little I do know, I'm gonna share. So I'm like, Kels, come over here. Let me show you a few things. And, and she says, you know, uh, I come to the gym, but sometimes I don't know what to do because I don't wanna look stupid. And so I wonder how many times we didn't do something because we thought we may look stupid. Maybe it's just me, maybe I have no shame, but if I don't know something, I want to ask questions about it. I go up to the gym, I go to the gym and I just ask people about their form. I ask people about their routine. I ask people about their eating habits. The first time I worked out with one of our new worship pastors, Pastor Danny, I think I dogged him so much. He sent me his workout on PDF so I'd leave him alone because I kept, I kept asking him questions. And if you have seen Pastor Danny, you know he's a great guy, but he got better guns. And so I see, I see what success looks like and I just wanna follow it. And so I want to know how to do what I don't know. So Jesus hears the grumbles. Jesus hears the grumbles. He knows what people are saying. He knows what's going on around him. And so he has a decision to make. Am I going to displease people or am I going to displease God? Church, church. Remember who you work for. Are you going to displease people or are you going to displease God? Because God has commissioned you, yes, you, to go into the world to share your faith, to go into the world to make disciples, to tell someone that God loves them, that, that the love you have in your heart is something you have to share because the church does not exist for you, Christians, for you. The church doesn't exist for you. It exists for them. That's what the church exists for. Church is not just a place you go. Church is an identity you embrace because God uses people just like you, just like me. Broken, flawed, vulnerable people just like you and me are invited to be the hands and feet of a Jesus who loves us exactly as we are and yet way too much to let us stay that way. That is who we are and that is our calling. So let's, let's get to it. But God... So anxious. What if I look dumb? What if, what if this, what if that? Listen, Philippians 4, verse six, it says, do not be anxious for nothing. It says, do not be anxious for nothing. Sharing your faith, that's nothing. That's nothing. You can be burdened, but not anxious. 
You can, you can be broke, but not anxious. You can be concerned, but not anxious. You can find drugs in your kid's room. You can beat them half to death, but not be anxious. Jesus says, share your faith. The Bible says, do not be anxious. You think it's easy just because I'm a pastor? I get more uncomfortable trying to share my faith with the cashier at Kroger than I do stepping out on this stage. I'm uncomfortable, but I'd rather be obedient. I'd rather be obedient than I'd be comfortable because people need to know what I know. The life-changing gospel got into my life as a kid and it changed the trajectory of my life and the life-changing gospel got a hold of you at some point in your life when you had nothing else to run to, nothing else to turn to. God was there and he said, now go. But we come to church and we think this is all there is. This is why we exist. I like to feel good in worship and I like to live the same as the world through the week. That's not okay, church. That's not okay. I think, I think we just need to get outside of ourselves. We have to get outside of ourselves because, because you cannot afford to wait until someday. Someday I'll do this. Someday, you know, when I'm married. Someday when I have kids. Someday when I'm settled down. Sometime whenever I stop drinking. Someday whenever I'm out on my own and my parents are ruling over me. Someday when I can do things by myself. Jesus didn't wait until someday. Jesus didn't almost die on the cross. Jesus didn't almost lay it all down. He did it. That's what he did. Jesus did it. And so he is telling us right now to get up, to go, to be the light. And so I'm going to tell you right now, if you are sold out to this, I'm gonna challenge you right now, stand up out of your seat. If you are sold out to this gospel, get up right now, up out of that seat. If you can't stand in a room full of Christians, you won't stand out there. And you tell the devil as you stand up, I will not back down another day. I am not distracted any longer. I do not care what people think of me. People are dying and going to hell outside of these walls. I am the church. I don't go to church. I will not hold back any longer. Church. Church, we got a mission. You are unleashed on this world. You are unleashed with love, the radical love, the life-changing gospel. That is us, that is you, that is me. That is who we are. You are the hands, you are the feet. This is the gospel. This is the life change. And so you have an assignment, reach this community, reach the corners of Taylor, go to the streets of Riverview, go to the waterfront in Wyandotte and go to those awful roads up in Lincoln Park, go down to Woodhaven, go over to Brownstown, get up into Detroit and you change the world because that is what you are called to do.